Hello, everyone. I just wanted to let you guys know, first of all, thank you so much to everyone who has been thanking me for creating this podcast. Um, Those of you who may not know what you're listening to, although you should, this is Straight Talk with Storm. I'm known in the industry as Seductive Storm, and I have been a companion uh, for 18 years total, although I did retire uh, twice for about a year each time. But overall, I've, I've been doing this a long time, and I've made a few interview and podcast rounds this year, and I just felt like there was a need for a podcast that was relatable to everyone, or, or at least to the online community of sex workers, one that encompassed and welcomed everyone to the table, uh, not just the elite, not just the upscale, not just the VIP, but even the mid-grade and the, and the lower bracket, um, because everyone needs to feel some type of support and education in this thing. And so um, I hope each one of these episodes will be enlightening to you or make you laugh. Some might even make you cry. Some might make you angry as shit with the things I say or the things other people who are on here are saying. But at least we're opening a discussion and hearing each other. So please tune in every episode and I hope you'll enjoy it. Thanks. Welcome back to Straight Talk with Storm. On today's episode, we have the incomparable legend herself from NOLA. Penelope Waters, and we're going to be talking all about female supremacy and sensual femdom and how you need to get a little of that in your life. It's going to be great. Um, I know Penelope personally because I was once her assistant, and she's one of the most favorite people I've ever worked for. Um, it's rare that you work for someone who teaches you like secrets to marketing and to just the gift of gab and luring men in without even knowing they're teaching you. She probably doesn't even know I feel that way, but man, like just watching her and reading her words and just everything. She's amazing and her photos, but you all know that if you follow her. So it's going to be a real treat today for guys and gals to listen to our interview and I hope you'll enjoy it. We'll be back shortly. Hello, how are you? <laughs> I am alive. That's a good thing these days, right? <laughs> uh, real. Oh, it's so good to hear your voice. Yes, I've missed you. How have you been? Oh, I've been pretty good. Um, I definitely took uh, basically an unannounced break for COVID. Um, it was, uh, I, I didn't feel like making a public official statement because it was all just like, I, I mean, who needed to make a statement? Um, <laughs> right, it's common sense. <laughs> And but um but yeah so I uh, I am so glad that you reached out to me because I have um, basically begun the the moment of um, buckling down and getting back to it and just undertaking 
uh, all of the considerations of doing the work in the world of COVID. So um, right. it's a really, really, really nice way to kind of um, to settle back in. So I'm super glad you reached out. Yeah, well, you know, I've been reaching out to you since the very beginning because, like, you know, like you've always been one of my favorite people that I've come into contact with or that I've done work for. I don't know. I just kind of feel like we have a, a, a common vibe, I guess, in the whole, you know, females are the shit thing. So, <laughs> it, it, <laughs> you know what I mean? So it just it, it kind of works and it's easier to talk to someone who understands that. Um, Cause there are a lot of ladies who think, you know, that it, it gives off masculine energy and that dear God, you can never find a partner if you think and act like us. And I'm just like, that's a lie, but that's a whole nother conversation. <laughs> so, yeah. So tell us, well, tell, I know all about you. Well, not all about you, but I know more than most people do. Mm -hmm. Um, tell the listeners about you what area you're normally in any cities you travel to and what you want them to know about you before we get into the question great so um my name is penelope waters um i am a sensual dominatrix and i am based in new orleans and i'm available worldwide although you will most often find me in new york city um chicago and the bay area got it got it so the question I usually ask everyone, although for a couple episodes I skipped it, but I feel like it fits here. Mm -hmm. um, how did you get your start in sex work and how long have you been in? Well, um, it has been, uh, I'm 34 years old and I started doing this when I was 18. So you all can do the math. <laughs> Um, yeah, I was uh, 18 years old and I just um, moved into back to San Francisco. Uh, I'm originally from the Bay. And, uh, of course, um, you know, that was back in golden age of Craigslist, uh, casual uh -huh. um, when we were, uh, just had so much freedom to, um, you know, kind of decide our level of involvement. And at that time, you know, I was hanging out with a bunch of like Twinkie gay boys who, of course, you know, we were, it, it was, a uh, you, uh, when you're young and gay and in San Francisco doing sex work is just kind of what's there, you know, it's kind of served up on the platter. So I, remember the first moments um even the concept coming to me and I immediately like yeah that's <laughs> that's what I want to do because um the way that, especially with like the gay boys you know the way they describe it is like you know you're just kind of out and you're cruising and you're looking for that d and you know this time you get a little extra compensation and it felt like <laughs> um you know we just kind of found a way to make all of this um you know young, fast and fabulous lifestyle uh, sustainable for us. So that's how I got started. Um, and then it basically just evolved into, I started doing full body sensual massage, which is something I stuck for a long time. Um, I really, really enjoyed, uh, there was even in sensual massage for me, a submission aspect mm -hmm. because it was very focused on um, my client receiving, which I felt was a really, really important space for um people socialized as men to be able to experience and then of course i went on to gfe um uh i had always uh gfe was always on the table for me it's just that i um literally literally what it was is that i um i bought property and i needed more money so i started doing gfe um which i loved i loved being able to just kind of um you know 
not follow quite the strict rules of SBSM. And then I followed the natural evolution of my own uh, journey and personality into doing uh, sensual domination, which is where I'm at now. Wonderful, wonderful. Yeah, it's, it's, um, I tell people about that, uh, you know, other girls who consider that, like, I feel like, you know, hello, you know, like, that's who you are. Uh, I, for me, very young, like, I didn't have sexualism as a part of it. But even when I was like eight or nine, I remember looking at my grandmother going like, yeah, my husband's going to take my name. Why do I have to take a man's name? Because I'm a girl. You know what I mean? Uh, so, <laughs> so I feel like you either are that or you aren't that. I mean, mm-hmm. I know all of us can do things and switch roles for the correct amount of compensation. I used to be able to switch. And I mm-hmm. felt now I can't anymore because I find it's just too mentally taxing for me to try to be submissive when I'm not. Right. So, you know, like, I'm like, yeah, I can't do that. I can be equal. Like, I can do GFE and be equal to you, but mm-hmm. I can't be a sub for any reason on the planet. <laughs> yeah, totally, totally. And, you know, people who do, and I love everybody living in their authenticity, but it is really, really, really good to see a lot of women kind of step out of the socialized role and, and just be authentic with themselves and um, just embrace dominance as a feminine quality. Right. Um, you know that that's uh, that the two things are not mutually exclusive. So it's really. I good. believe they call us. What do they call it? Uh, they refer to us. Other, you know, women who try to teach how to be feminine refer to those of us who think like us as cat women feminists. I'm like, okay, well, I'll take that. Yes, call it what you want. Okay. <laughs> call it what you want. Earth the kids hot. I'm okay with that. Call it what you want. <laughs> totally. <laughs> So, okay, so there was another young lady in NOLA who I assisted outside of assisting you. Mm. I think she came into it, like, after I had stopped assisting you. And, honey, Mm. her and her clients referred to you as the legend, like the illustrious legend. Like, you're like a unicorn who everyone else in NOLA wants to be so badly. So that's quite an honor. So please tell these other NOLA and just sex workers everywhere, like how best to market and stand out from the crowd like you've been able to do. Mm, Well, that's, when you told me that, I just, my (laughs) face just turned red. I I was blushing. I could not, I was like, that is just my heart's just bursting. I, that was just such a, such a, so much flattery. Um, I barely know what to say, but, um, yeah, I, you know, honestly, when it comes to, um, the brand that I have and the way that I really, um, embodied, uh, myself in my brand, I really have to, um, give the vast majority of the credit to my brand consultant and, a friend, Zachary Prince. And, Oh, I love, I love him. Oh, oh, he's great. I I loved him when she, I loved him when he was a her. I love him. Awesome person. The, um, yeah, the, uh, transformation from Zoe to Zachary Mm -hmm. and navigated that was just so brilliant. And I love he, his fearlessness in the way that he, I mean, you know, not even just like I, I say fearlessness and I mean that as in um, just like as a sex worker, not even really as a trans person, like as a sex worker, because there is so much um, 
there's so much this uh, encouragement to just kind of like fit into a mold. And right. I say Zachary is really, really fearless in the way that he approaches his sex work. It's um, not even really as a trans person, it's as a sex worker and that he uh, continuously is uninhibited right. by um, so social expectations. And that was one of the things that I honestly, um, my uh, hiring Zachary as a brand consultant was definitively the uh, fulcrum point for me that right. changed everything because um before I was definitely attempting to embody this imagery of a woman that I thought was expected of me mm-hmm. um, that was uh you know just uh, kind of the more just like vanilla GFE which and and you know I'm throwing absolutely no shade at vanilla GFE because it is totally hot as hell there is um uh it's it's not that it wasn't um hot it's that it wasn't really fitting me it's that I was having a really really hard time um being uh or in uh holding the space that this advertising I was putting out right was, uh was indicating you know it was supposed to be like I'm just you know nice normal lady just you know girl next door thing and while um there is that's great. That's just not necessarily, that really wasn't who I was. It's and not I, your authentic self. It is not my authentic self. Right. And at the point when I hired Zachary, I was, I felt like I had just been studying a puzzle for so long that I couldn't even see the pieces anymore. Like, you know, when you, when you are so far removed from embodying your own sensuality and trying to embody someone else's desires or your per- perception of their mm-hmm. desires, you just feel like you even forget what sexy even is. And so, um, I, uh, yeah, I, uh, when I reached out to him, he just really blew everything wide open for me. Um, he really helped me separate the performance of what I thought was expected of me, which was kind of mildly kinky, but ultimately vanilla sex. Right. Um, from what I actually loved about my work, which was, um, you know, the client relationships that I actually craved and the authentic passion um, that I could actually bring to my work. And he he really, really helped me realize that bringing authenticity to the work and being dedicated to mm-hmm. that authenticity was so much more sustainable as a sex worker than shoving myself into this perceived expectation. So, um, and I feel that that um, that bringing that authenticity is also really likewise felt and appreciated by my clients who, right. um, because that's ultimately what we're all looking for. You know, we are looking to, um, you know, not, we're not trying to find the love of our lives here, but we are looking to have an authentic experience. Right. And, um, and, you know, I've always said that, um, you know, sex work, uh, the, this, there is this kind of, um, uh, like social viewpoint of it as being like, oh, there's like money that cheapens it or something like that. But to me, some of the most like authentically passionate moments I have had have been with clients. Right. Um, and the exchange or the compensation is just this exchange of care. It's this like action that balances what we're doing together. Um, so yeah, I would definitely say for um, the providers out there who maybe feel like they're struggling with reaching people or who are just getting started out and are trying to figure out how to um, how to really, really capitalize on what they have to bring to the table. I would really say that it's, it's that while it is a lot of fun cruising other workers for ideas and what they're doing and inspiration that ultimately you can start um, 
uh, moving in the wrong direction if you stare too much at other people. It's really important for you to stop and think about what have your best experiences with clients been? And what were the best relationships you had? What was the most fun you had at work? And ask your, and, and then that person that you had that experience with, ask yourself, who, who are they? And what is it between you two that is so uh, magical, that is so connective? Um, and I would definitely say that like some of the ladies that I really, really, some of the ladies that I admire, admire that I feel really, really embody this kind of uniqueness and authenticity are like, um, there's a, uh, someone down in New Orleans, Zora Kelly, uh, her Twitter is uh, at Elvitlavie, love her brand. Oh yeah, love- she's awesome. She and I have chatted a bit before on Twitter and we, I think we both were mentioned and I believe it was a Vanity Fair article Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I, I like her a lot myself. Yep. Yeah. Really, like, every picture, it just, it's, like, just very much her being her, and it's so sexy. Yeah. And compromise. Uh, Koi Erotica, also another one. Oh, yeah. She's really creating specifically her own brand of kink and BDSM, and I just admired a lot. Um, expensive Ho, let's not exp- forget Expensive Ho. She is incredible, and I just love her her uh her her presentation and her genius and her just 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 balls to the walls approach to goddamn everything um, <laughs> yeah it's uh clarity monroe another one that i really really deeply admire their approach and their authenticity so um so yeah it's uh but i really honestly if anybody is looking for a way to really revive themselves their work their brand i cannot recommend zachary prince enough and you can find him on twitter he's at furry ftm prince on twitter um that's uh you know i you can message him there or you know message me on twitter if you're not able to get through and it's just i can't recommend him enough literally some of the ladies other ladies that i've talked to who have worked with him we were talking we're like at some point i just went back and just gave him more money because i was like i'm making i'm doing so well um with with all of the tools that he has at at hand so i just yeah really really gonna plug that one (laughs) great um yeah i first well i first found him when he was zoe because we both had the common thread of being from baltimore um well he wasn't from baltimore but he you know at that point in time that was his area so mm-hmm. that's how I first realized. and we definitely talked to each other before and shown support to each other before so yeah I'm, I, I I think that he's an awesome person as well mm-hmm. uh, um so how long have you been we sort of touched on it but I guess now a little more deeper detail how long have you been involved in the kink dom side of things versus the GFE side and why is it the most satisfying and natural setting for you well um it's really just been in the past year uh excuse me past couple of years Mm -hmm. that I have um been in the uh kink uh, femdom world professionally um, and it's, it's an interesting thing because I feel that, um, I've never really been deeply a member of the BDSM community. Um, I don't really consider myself a BDSM practitioner at all. Um, although I, on a personal level, I have had many experiences of deep, deep healing and a lot of breakthrough and emotional blockages through BDSM, but those are more time and place rather than lifestyle for me. Right. Um, what is 
has been lifestyle for me is being a queer, uh, non-binary sex worker. And um, my in my life and my lifestyle, my lovers, my community, where people are largely trans, non-binary, and gender non-conforming. So um, what I am bringing to my sessions is really, on a personal level, something that I don't consider kink, because, I mean, ultimately, we're just queer, trans, non-binary, and gender non-conforming bodies having sex the way that we do. And so to uh, categorize that as kink, I think, would be adhering to this idea of heteronormativity, which I... Um, you know, definitely want to make that separation. However, to acknowledge that it is important that when um, people, uh, clients, where they are intersecting with me is for them a kink. It is fantasy. It is role play. And that's great. That's completely consensual. And that's, that's fine. Um, But uh, because, you know, where they are coming from, um, where their, where their world and their perspective is, is generally uh, a heteronormative one. You know, they're going to, you know, they, they go to work, they maybe have a wife, they maybe have kids, they are, you know, called he or sir in their daytime, Um, whatever. So, um, but yeah, it's really just been a couple of years that I've been professionally doing this work. But this is what um, this is also a lifestyle that I'm bringing. Um, And as uh, you know, it's something that I talk a lot about with friends and lovers, how as um, queer, uh, gender nonconforming people are uh, we, our sexual consciousness is, is in largely in a different realm than the rest of the like heteronormative world. And, um, when it, so we, you know, things like gender bending, things like role switching, things like, um, uh, you know, uh, just all the different ways that, trans and gender non-conforming bodies fuck is um this is just this is just sex this is just life this is just pleasure and passion um but for but as as a profession this definitely is kink and it is also very you know it's in the realm of taboo obviously right um this is what um i feel that uh i feel that it, it it's uh in that way um it's very, very like kind of holistic what I'm what I'm bringing to the table, um, if that makes sense. I don't know. Right. Um, so like, yeah, it's uh, what uh, we're doing basically right now is confronting heteronormativity. We're confronting the lies that heteronormativity tells us, which is that having that kind of um, queer angle on sex is abnormal. And um, I can definitively tell you from my <laughs> large body of experience that it is not abnormal, that it is incredibly, incredibly normal. And, um, but it is deeply taboo and it is deeply feared. So I, um, I, uh, yeah, I, I'm sorry. I think we've gotten a little bit away from the original. No, you're fine. Please. Um, On this podcast, we talk about whatever. Go ahead. <laughs> you're good. I, I, I'm bisexual. I had a girlfriend that I was with for four years. We also were escort partners, but we didn't start out that way. Neither one of us were escorts in the beginning. And we raised our children together for a while. So by all means, you know, oh. talk about it. That's fine with me. Doesn't bother me at all. <laughs> or, oh, yeah. I, I remember my first sex worker girlfriend and, you know, just like having just like a friend and lover that mm-hmm. you could travel with and you go on tour with and just like have like a very special kind of closeness. Yeah. And it's, uh, 
that's that's really really special I love hearing that you know it was special I, I guess we were just on very two different uh, how can I put it she had more of an innocence still left to her I think than I did so by like the <laughs> second or third year it really aided her and got to her and strangely mm-hmm. enough that's the only relationship I have had with anyone where we couldn't even be cordial and friends after because she had so much animosity and acted like I forced her but in all actuality I never asked her to become a sex worker too just because I was she actually asked to do it and then blamed me for it so mm-hmm. you know <laughs> Thanks complicated you know yeah 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 Yeah. girl girl relationships are more complicated than anything and that's why when women are like yeah i'm done with men i'm gonna date a woman now i'm like yeah that breakup's gonna be nasty sis wait and see (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be a new and different kind of head fuck than you ever thought it (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah it's two very emotional and hormonal creatures and it's just like yikes so but yeah, but it's when it's good, it's great. It's just that when it goes south, it goes far south. <laughs> yeah, but no, it's it's true. But within you know within that um, within that whole experience, yeah. it's just it, there. There's I don't know. For me, um, for me, there's just so much healing there. Yeah. It, for, very very healing to be able to have a community of sex workers that are friends and lovers yeah. and a lot of support and a lot of healing there. Um, and it, it makes me really, really happy to be able to bring that to my work where I see other people wanting to, um, you know, wanting to experience that more deviant side of sex, mm-hmm. you know, like, I mean, I have a lot of men who are like into cuckolding, a lot of uh, people who are into sissification and, um, and yeah, it's, I mean, which to me, it's just, it's so, so hot and it is so, so taboo. And I really, really acknowledge that a lot of my clients are really, really digging deep and facing a lot of really, really deep seated fears um, that they have to confront in order to even experience this pleasure. But in breaking through that fear Mm -hmm. and being a safe container to experience that cathartic pleasure and to, to heal the wounds of abstaining from desire, um, is what I is is part of the beauty and the healing of of the work that I try to facilitate and um, yeah. yeah. Are two of my favorite things in the entire universe. Just putting that out there for those of you who might be interested. I love them both. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I love it. It's just like the best. I can't even tell you how much I'm, but I'm smiling so hard right now. Like I'm sweating a little bit. I'm like yes. But anyway. <laughs> I know what you mean. I was, I was sitting here kind of like preparing some of my answers and everything. Like, God, I just, I'm about my work. I need to take a jerk off. <laughs> like clockwork. It's just, you know, so yes. <laughs> me and my significant other, he's really into fetishes of all type. And he's more like a sub or a zeta, whatever you want to call it. A beta, not a zeta. Lord, I'm thinking of fraternities and shit anyway so it's like um sometimes as a special treat to him I just let him go you know live that go do that go do whatever Mm -hmm. and it's so crazy the amount of women who give such nasty responses and call you a freak and all kinds of horrible things just because you're into something that's not vanilla I'm always taken aback by it especially when it's sex work because I'm like are you serious? You're vanilla and you're a sex worker? What is going on? 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's it's interesting because I, um, you know, I've considered, I really honestly considered myself vanilla for years because mm-hmm. uh, it was, because, you know, I didn't really uh, click or engage with hardcore BDSM. And for right. me, especially, I think, coming of age in San Francisco in the gay community where there was the absolute smorgasbord of everything that you could choose from. Um, to me, you know, if you are just having sex with your bodies, then that's vanilla. You know, and I remember there was one time I was talking to a, a couple of friends and a couple of them, we had been uh, on and off again lovers. And, and I described myself as vanilla and they were like, Penelope, you are not vanilla. And I'm like, <laughs> I am absolutely vanilla. And I was they're like, no, honey, I've, I've had sex with you before and you're not vanilla. And I was like, well, I guess if you consider anal and fisting kinky, then yes, fine. But, but, but uh, so, but for me, um, I do like, I would say that like a lot of my sex life, my personal sex life is vanilla, but I, it is really, really deeply a, a shame to me every time I hear, especially with cis men, talking about how especially cis men who um are very exclusively submissive mm-hmm. like can't authentically get off to pretending to be domineering that pretending to be domineering is, is explicitly a turnoff and that for them where that has led them in life is that they you know pretty much just see sex workers because of what you're speaking of of this initial judgment of this like risk of of humiliation of being ostracized when you tell a woman when you're just you know kind of cruising and i'm trying to meet people casually just um you know uh, trying to have uh you know like uh like intimate uh unpaid uh, uh encounters that that is so common and and it's really really a damn shame i really honestly if there was one platform i would get on is that we all just absolutely need to stop shaming each other's joy right like Regardless of what it is, you know, it's just like, I, I, you know, like everybody is so unique and so different and everybody is so nuanced and ever changing um, that I really, really, really would love to see um, just like, like you were saying, especially amongst sex workers, it's just a little bit more openness to, um, to, uh, to what people's desires are, not, you know, like boundaried openness, but still open. And I feel like a lot of the clients that I've come to have just um, been like they're like yeah I'm really really glad that you are open to this this is really really difficult for me to find um, because I do exist in kind of this in between space of BDSM and GFE mm-hmm. where I'm a traditional like um, black leather latex uh, whips and chains um, BDSM dominatrix I do kind of ride this line um, where it's uh, a little bit less um, of uh, kind of a rigmarole and a little bit more just kind of playfully right and rather um uh, rather than the traditional bdsm feel and um so yeah i believe i I think that i do exist kind of in this in-between space and it's uh where you know they don't where when a lot of times when clients go to see a gfe provider they are expected to be the dominant one and when they see a bdsm provider there is maybe a little bit more of the uh rigmarole or uh, uh, the the removal of closeness Mm -hmm. than what's actually looking for so it is really really happy for me just kind of you know give people a nice sensual dick down (laughs) um and uh and it's i have a lot of really really close and intimate cathartic experiences with my clients that um 
that uh, I feel very, very, very blessed to have. And um, yeah, and, and honestly, just going back to that idea of how much acknowledging how much fear um, clients have to work through to even get to the point of being in my inbox. Um, there, is, there is a lot of vulnerability that they are taking a huge risk on. And I, I really try to take that very seriously and take that deeply into account with each person that I interact with, um, you know, before we ever meet, when we're still uh, getting to know each other, doing screenings and negotiations and stuff like that, right. um, which um, I, uh, you know, of course, it is absolutely important that my clients come correct, that they come with the utmost of respect for, for my time, for my experience, um, but that I am very well met with equal amounts of uh, respect and understanding and flexibility and leeway and open communication right. um, with people who meet me there. Right, right, right. Um, what are your favorite kinks and types of kink sessions? Like out, like out of all the things that kink involves, what are your favorites? Oh, I'm so glad you asked. Um, well, I um, really, I love a good old fashioned pegging, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, just it's, it's like this nice foundation. It is the meat and the potatoes. Um, I love strapping it on. I love the feeling of having a cock between my legs. I love the feeling of feeling someone get to that like shaky point. <laughs> um, and also the, the, the slowness, the tease, the buildup, um, uh, the edging, the milking, just the 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 feeling, the layers kind of roll off, the layers of of defensiveness, of protection, and watching those things kind of melt away as as this. I don't know how to say it any other way. As that cock just kind of emulates from deep down in the bottom inside, and just is this force push of pleasure and power and it's just a really beautiful thing. And honestly, I know that the goddess is smiling on me every time she brings me a fisting bottom, like (laughs) favorite thing. I, I will quote one of my exes and saying that there is really nothing in this world that makes you appreciate the human anatomy quite like anal fisting. And it is true. Oh God. (laughs) There is, I, I remember the first time I got fisted, the first uh, person who was able to really like take me there. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I remember when I was a young thing and I first discovered um, female ejaculation and squirting and I was so hell bent on doing it. I was so sure that there was some (laughs) kind of ultra tiered orgasm that I was missing out on. And I actually absolutely had to get there. And after, you know, a good long concerted effort of trying, I finally was able to squirt. And I realized that it was comparable to any other orgasm that I had had. Um, You know, it's really cool. Don't get me wrong. There is, is super sexy having a cascade, a waterfall come down your legs, just drenching somebody that is between your legs is unbelievably sexy. There is definitely, um, an uh, uh, upper tier quality to it in that way, but um, but when it came through fisting, oh god, that is unlike any orgasm <laughs> ever fucking have. I um, I I I am very very grateful to have had people who 
um, basically just, you know, like older queers, older dykes who had been around the block a few times and knew how to expertly open up that hole. And once it was done once, I could do it immediately. I've never not been able to do it once I was able to do it once. So I will say as a word of encouragement to people who have tried fisting and maybe not been successful with it yet, do not fret. It's not necessarily you. It's not necessarily your body. A pr- the, fisting someone is a skill. It is 100% a skill. Mm. You can't just sit on a fist. Someone can't just hold it in there and shove it in. It is 100% <laughs> a skill. It takes an, a definitive uh, experience in feeling out another person's body, in uh, feeling the, the subtlety of the hints that the body is giving you, not even the verbal commands that the person is giving you. Of course, you always listen to someone's verbal commands, but a lot of times what is in, in exquisitely more expressive is the body's commands. And it uh, there is that fisting is something that only comes from experience. You have to, you, you, don't, you don't watch a YouTube video, um, you don't are. <laughs> horns on fisting and say you know how to fist it is something that absolutely um takes a person who knows what they're doing so i would definitely offer that as a word of encouragement to anybody who has tried and not felt like it really took them there um other than that i really something that has opened up incredible new worlds of passion and turn-ons and sexiness and and healing Mm -hmm. and deep healing has been sissification um i have been very very blessed to have um experiences with several people where um now this is where the trust comes in that i was talking about before right Um, there is a lot of a lot of trust because this is an incredibly vulnerable place to be um this is a very um it's it's more than taboo um uh this is Sissification and what people socialized as men have to confront and walk through to get to the point of actually embracing themselves as sissies, um, whether it's lifestyle or something that they just enjoy uh, periodically. Um, what we're actually confronting in is violent societal misogyny, um, because the the, um, the 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 large part of the journey that these people are facing is that for a person socialized as a man from the time you are a little boy to the time you are an old man, the worst thing, the the worst thing, the lowest thing you can be is like a woman. Mm-hmm. And the thing that people really take into consideration, they don't take into consideration um, that uh, the, the ubiquitousness of that kind of violent misogyny, that from the time you're a little boy, um, if you really want to insult another boy, you can compare him to being like a girl. You say he looks like a girl. He acts like a girl. He um, does the same job as a girl. He's good at things that girls are good at. And if you really, really want to dig in deep and really, really um, make a man lower than anything else, you say he gets fucked like a woman. Mm-hmm. That is something that we really need to take into consideration when we when we talk about when, when we take accountability for our misogyny, whether you are a socialized female and that's internalized misogyny or whether you're not socialized female and that, and, and you are, you know, we, we stop, have to stop and take a look at the ways that we are embodying socially acceptable misogyny. Um, so when you consider that, that all of these sissies are, were socialized from day one 
to think of this thing that they that they love they desire that gives them joy that gives them pleasure that feels right where they feel at home in their bodies is something that they've been made to be afraid of terrified of for their entire lives so there so for me when i am engaging with my sissies um i am taking this space that we are holding together with a great deal of, of honor and uh, responsibility and um and also what we are doing in dismantling that fear and that misogyny that internalized violence um and using intimacy and passion and orgasms and um and wetness and juice and all of that good stuff um we are dismantling that violence and we are dismantling the violence that is perpetuated by society and that's a really really deep scope on what we are doing but that is always there right um and so it's a, it, for me in that way this is um that work is not only incredibly fucking hot <laughs> can i just I, I just have to pause for a moment and get away from the uh, more political aspects of what i'm <laughs> hot it is for someone to come in in their uniform in their costume in the mask that they wear and i get to just strip them down and put them in pretty panties and (laughs) and little toes with buckles on them and just cage up their cock and chain them to a bed and then be like and just train them into being the perfect slut that i want them to be um, that it's like, I'm literally, I'm, I'm literally like my cut is clenching right now. Just talking. About <laughs> it's just, it's so deliciously fun. This isn't something that I do as a political crusade. I do this because my heart, my mind, my guts and my con are fully, fully invested. And it just happens to be that this work is political, right. you know? Um, so I would just like say that out there to all of the sissies, um, wherever you are in the spectrum or the universe of 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 beautiful deviance uh feminine sexuality that you are so blessed and that you are so hot and you are so gorgeous and there is i am one of many people who deeply deeply appreciates um uh your being and your existence and please hit me up oh you know As we say, get into it. <laughs> Give it a try. See what happens. <laughs> you, I mean, you only live once. Shit. You might as well yeah. really live, you know? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. We don't know how long it'll be. We are in end times now, baby. It's time to just, you know, <laughs> Oh, my goodness. So, what can a gentleman, I feel like we already touched on it, but I'll just ask the direct question because, you mm-hmm. know, sometimes people need it directly said so they know where they're at in their thought process. Um, mm-hmm. What can a guy who comes to you, guy, girl, them, she, they, whoever comes to you in a kink dom session expect when from the moment they hit the door to the moment they leave? Mm-hmm. Well, uh, I will say, in addition to what I would normally say, the uh, addendum is that in the land of COVID, they can expect me to be being fastidiously clean, sterilized. Mm-hmm. My my dungeon um, uh, is, I have 
definitely up my protocol. Um, everything is sterilized to a medical grade every single time. I also am getting tested for COVID once a week. I am seeing a limited number of clients and I am going to be 100% transparent with all of my clients about where my health is at at all times. And I definitely expect um, the same from them. Right. Um, definitely need to be looking out for each other. So that um, I will just say that, but um but I, yeah, you know, I, I am, while I am, while my boundaries are very, very strict and strict and very, very deliberately and implemented, you will definitely find me to be um, much more um, playful, um, much more that kind of like loving sensuality um, in the, with those, with the deviant notes, you know, I, while I can be very, uh, very, very uh, strict and stringent. Um, I love putting a wayward little bitch in their place. Um, um, but it's, uh, I, uh, um, yeah, it's, it's more, um, it's more the one look and you're done kind of thing rather than, <laughs> rather than really, really sitting there and be, I don't, I don't like a brat. I don't like somebody who is going to specifically attempt to instigate anger in me. Mm-hmm. I, really don't like that when you know subs are uh, trying to be bad or trying to play with my boundaries in an attempt to be punished that most certainly does not work for me um and uh but yeah I I think we definitely covered a lot of what you can expect from me but other than that I just really for me um I really really value uh honesty and open communication and uh in, in, in addition to all of the specific flavor of, of my kink and my sessions. Right. Um, what do you feel like most beginner subs and even some who are not beginners but just still don't quite get what being a sub is are most confused about and how do you educate them and make them comfortable with bending to your will? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I, I definitely think um, that there are... Uh, so many different kinds of submissives mm-hmm. and there are so many different kinds of dominatrixes um and it's really about finding the right chemistry and the right pair um for me i feel like the subs that come to me i feel like there is less uh confusion on their parts and more apprehension and fear um, I feel like they know specifically what they want, and I feel like uh, thanks to um, the the clarity that I have on my brand, I'm, I'm very uh, transparent in what I am offering. Um, I so yeah, I, I would say that it's less confusion, and I think that it is more um, walking through the fear, and uh, that's kind of what I was uh, touching on before about. Uh, well, I, I was mostly going into it um, in regards to sissies, but I would say so for people who maybe have like more of a cuckold fantasy right. or uh, more of a pegging fantasy or whatever. Um, I think that uh, that a lot of people have uh, a lot of negative experiences with dominatrixes. You know, not everybody who says that they are a dominatrix is uh, necessarily working from the same uh, level of ethics or experience mm-hmm. that other uh, dominatrixes um so i think that there's a lot of times there's a wariness that comes with bad experiences now i will say for the most part in my experience of being a sex worker for over a decade when people clients specifically tell me about the bad experiences that they've had 
um, I can look through that experience and show them where because of their mistrust, their apprehension, and that tendency to hold all their cards to the chest up to the last minute, what they got was exactly what they put out, right. was a person who was apprehensive, unclear on communication, and holding their cards to their chest. That meant that there was no trust, therefore there could be no vulnerability. Um, and so in terms of how to come to a dominatrix and have a positive experience, it will honestly take, um, well, there is a lot of just getting your feet wet. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so, some things you just can't learn until you actually just fuck up yourself, you know, like <laughs> nobody be able to do, d- tell you, oh, no, that person looks legit. That person doesn't. You actually just have to experience for yourself and really get your sea legs on for that. But um, I would say that you really, really get out of sex workers the what you put in. Yeah. The way you present to them is the way that they, is what they're going to give to you. Like, I am not going to meet a person openly and uh, with my full self, body, mind, and soul present if they have been very curt and dodgy with me. Right. Um, so it's, it's, it, it's really like, I, I always said with clients, it's like, you know, you have so much fear coming into this, but you forget that historically speaking, statistically speaking, we have more to fear from you than you do from us. Yes. So really, really, it, it is, it is, um, just really, I really wish that all clients would understand that the best thing that you can do as a man with all of the privilege and all of the safety that you have in being a man is to come to uh, sex workers with being respectful, being communicative, being realistic about what you want, about what you have to give, what you have to spend, um, what you what it is that you're looking for. And then if that you don't feel like they are reflecting that same level of honesty, communication and vulnerability back to you, then don't go through with the session. Trust your instincts. Um, but if you, you know, approach somebody being dodgy and cagey and wanting them to throw their cards down on the table before you do, then you're, you're never really you're not going to have a good experience. You could have a bad experience with an incredible provider. Right. Right. Uh, I definitely have had that experience where I was, you know, I, I consider myself a very, very present and conscientious provider, but I've definitely had sessions with people where I was uh, not about to put myself out on the chopping block for somebody who was acting sketch, you know? So, um, so yeah, it's about that. Think about the fact that you do have more privilege. You do have more safety. A sex worker is always in a more vulnerable position than you are. And um, how would you, and treat them accordingly with those things in mind, treat them accordingly. So, yeah, uh, there's actually probably like 3 million different situations that I could think of, but I don't, I, I won't, I won't, thread that out too deeply um, we'll just uh, I feel like that's a good synopsis <laughs> is there anything else you want them to know about you and your specialty well um I would say um one of the other things that I have been doing a lot especially since COVID is kind of doing more of a um, kind of talk therapy phone sessions, which have been really, I've been really, really, really enjoying and um, have been a really, really um, special space to share with people. I will say um, my experience comes, my experience, my education comes solely from being a sex 
where there is no um, accredited class or university or any, you know, <laughs> although I really feel that the um, education that I've received is, is just as legitimate, right? not more legitimate than any kind of um, certified or university education. Um, but it, um, being in the realm that I am in, which is a lot of uh, gender bending and role reversal and sissification and cuckolding, I feel like um, outside of wanting to bring that desire to life in session, there is a lot of cerebral aspects of those desires that it is really beneficial to be able to just sit with someone and talk and hash them out. All right. Um, talk about what your desires are, where they came from, like where is the root of, of, of how this thing came into your sexual and sexual body. Um, sexual psychology and um, why we are the way that we are is something that is deeply fascinating to me and um, something that I have dedicated a large, damn near my whole sexual career, uh, exploring and understanding this incredible variance and the incredible multiplicity of human sexuality, especially as it pertains to um, gender deviation and um, and uh, role reversal and all those kinds of things. So I have been um, offering um, hourly, um, hourly and multi-hourly uh, talk. Uh, just phone sessions and Skype sessions, um, just to, to to talk about these ideas. Um, you know, it's like you were saying with your partner going out and trying to, you know, um, just you know, cruise and 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 have new experiences. Right. How hard have um, to how hard it is to have that click with another person, um, let alone just be able to have a conversation with right. another person about those things. So um, I've been offering. Um, I've been offering that and it has been, uh, it's been really great. And so I, I, yeah, if anybody is out there and is maybe not ready to take the leap of actually um, meeting in person for sessions, um, I can definitely um, sit, uh, um, sit with you and just uh, talk about your, what's going on in that head. And, uh, (laughs) and, you know, just have someone to soundboard ideas off of. I think that's really, really important. Um, Right. So now's where you get to plug all your stuff, tell them all about your social media, whatever else you want them to know in conclusion. Yes. Well, um, uh, you can find me at um, on uh, Twitter at uh, Ms. Penelope Water and on Instagram as Femme Supremacist, um, F-E-M Supremacist. Uh, and my website is MsPenelopeWaters.com. Um, I am also on I Want Clips, so you can just search Penelope Waters and you will find me. And uh, yeah, uh, I have, like I said, I've been taking an unannounced break. Um, I think this will probably be my official uh, welcome back. And um, I'm just uh, about to, I'm finishing up a blog um, about all of the things that I've been processing in this time off and where I am at in my return to sex work so um i will be much more uh uh, active in the twitterverse and in the instagram world so um check me out on there thank you so much for doing this i've missed you so thank you for doing this always refreshing to hear from you or talk to you so i appreciate it (laughs) yes storm and you are always deeply an inspiration you are just such a woman of many hats and I just I I marvel at how you do everything that you do and I'm always so just thoroughly impressed with your 
creativity and your adaptability and how you're always thinking on the next thing. And I feel very, I'm very, very honored to have been included in your podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Go have some fun. Well, (laughs) the same. All right. You take care. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.